Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy. Today, we're going to be talking about UFC 266, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega for the UFC Featherweight Championship. And ladies and gentlemen, it's going down this Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada. You got the number one contender taking on the champ. It doesn't get any better than that and should be a highly contested uh, battle for the belt. So someone's going to come out the champion, either Ann Still or Ann New. I'm very excited to talk about that. So obviously last week was the return of half the battle, right? You know, it was the first episode I had back since beating COVID. So if y'all weren't here for the last episode, then do me a favor, hit the pause button right now and just go listen to the first 15 minutes of the last episode. Because in those first 15 minutes, I felt like I covered a lot of the questions y'all been having for me, man. Um, I really think that um, I touched upon just what's been going on this year, uh, some of the new passions that I'm pursuing, and just, you know, I, I'm, I'm a brutally honest guy, so I, uh, I let y'all know what was really going on, and if you haven't heard that yet, like I said, hit that pause button, go back, listen to the first 15 minutes of the last episode. Now, if you were there for that, then uh, don't hit the pause button. Stay here with me right now. So we got a lot to talk about. So obviously, we're going to break down this whole car start to finish. Going to do the whole bit. Going to plug the sponsors. I look forward to doing that. But one thing I wanted to address real quick. So y'all been asking me. Y'all been making assumptions. Y'all been creating false narratives regarding um, Shaq. Uh, and firstly, before I get to that, Everybody go wish Shaq a happy birthday. It's my boy's 27th birthday. So Shaq, very happy birthday, my man. Um, I already know I already know how my boy gets down. And he's going to party hard and not get into John Jones-type trouble. And uh, so maybe my boy Johnny Bones could learn a thing or two. You know, gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. Next day gets arrested. You know my boy's out here partying hard. We'll see what happens with that. Let's talk about the Shaq thing. So... It's funny. So I put out the episode last week, right? And then the very next day, Shaq and I like had like an hour and a half conversation on the phone, like maybe even a two-hour conversation. A fan, just a fantastic talk, man. I mean, me and him have been through a lot together. He was like a brother to me. And, you know, he told me that he was really happy to hear me get some of those things off my chest. And But then he also told me this. He told me, y'all been blowing up his DMs saying stuff about oh did you get kicked out of half the battle and like are you and dan beefing and it's like we were laughing about that and the reason why is because like don't you think that like what half the battle has been known for obviously yeah we're entertaining we give the inside info all that stuff but like what we're really known for is our brutal honesty that we wear our hearts on our sleeves that you know, we're not out here bullshitting y'all. We're out here really speaking our minds. And don't you think that if Shaq and I parted ways that we would just announce it on the show and move on? Like, don't you think that, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that like be the right thing to do? So no, we're not parting ways. I mean, basically this is what you got to understand. I started the show in 2015 and it was a thing where every week I'd have a new guest as a co-host, right? So it was like James Lynch one week. It'd be a fighter the next week. Like it was just a revolving door of co-hosts. Then around 2016, early 2017, I had a co-host named Sean Carey. Once we parted ways, that's when Shaq stepped up mid-2017. 
So Shaq really stepped up to the plate, and he's been with me from 2017 to the present. So basically, what what's going on now is that you know you got to respect the fact that my boy just wants to take a little break. I mean, there's nothing like we've been he's been on this show for four years straight. He wants a little reset. He wants some time to himself. He wants to go pursue some other passions. And and when he's ready to come back, the door is always open. So please stop with this, these bullshit narratives. Oh, you got kicked off half the battle or y'all are beefing. I mean, this dude is like a brother to me. This dude is not just a friend. This dude is like a brother to me. And as a brother, I, I support him and whatever, whatever he chooses to do. So you just got to understand sometimes people need resets. Sometimes people need to take breaks. I mean, half the battle ain't going anywhere in terms of like we're gonna keep putting out shows on the reg so Shaq will be back you know when the time is right he'll be back and that's the bottom line and i support his decision a hundred percent i'll always back my brother i'll always support him so you know you just gotta let him you just guys you know what's funny is like this dude anton's like why all this drama the drama is only coming from y'all there's no drama on our end y'all are the ones who are like hitting him up like oh you got kicked out of half the battle it's like no no he didn't he just he, he's been doing this shit he's been grinding away for four years straight on the show can he not like have you know maybe a couple weeks or months off to reset to go pursue some other things like can he not live his life man so i think y'all need to show him some respect and uh show me some respect too because you know we're brothers to the end of the to the end of the day, um, to to the death, honestly, man. So, yeah, when he's ready to come back, he can uh, he can come back anytime. Y'all can hit him up, and you know. But when you when you hit him up, don't don't piss him off and be like, "Oh, did you get kicked out of half the battle?" Like I told you, if there was an issue, like we've always been straightforward with the fans. Like if we parted ways, we would tell y'all that we parted ways, but we did not part ways. That's not not the case. My dude just needs a little break, so. Let him take a fucking break. Like respect his wishes. God damn, man. So that's really all there is about that. You know what I mean? So much love to my brother Shaq. Make sure y'all wish him a happy birthday. Um, my boy 420 said it well. Smash the like button for Shaq. You know what I'm saying? My boy Trelansky saying the trolls can't help themselves, Dan. Sad life they're living. Exactly. It's like, dude, like you gotta understand that we're human beings too you know we got lives outside of this shit so and i trying to you know kill the mood or nothing like that i'm excited to be here talk fights with y'all and do the whole bit but like y'all gotta stop with these bullshit narratives that don't exist like do not create scenarios that don't exist because that's just simply it's just categorically false man so yeah i feel like i addressed that if y'all got any more questions regarding that let me know but like the, the drama is something y'all created, man, because me and him are completely fine. Like I told you, after I released that last episode, we had a really nice two-hour conversation on the phone. Told me how happy he was that to hear me get those things off my chest. And, you know, and, and I'm happy that he's doing well, too. So, yeah, all, all my love to my brother Shaq. Um, so that's all I got to say regarding that. So going to talk about... Our sponsors, Manscaped, Prize Picks, going to break down the car start to finish. Real quick, I want to give a shout out to my boy Kabuto. Um, that's the clothing company here, Kabuto. They sent me this fucking badass shirt. It fits amazing. It feels great. I love the message that they stand for, the samurai spirits, you know, badass tattoos. Like, there's some real dudes. So check out Kabuto, badass clothes. And anyone that wants me to rep their clothing line on here, I mean, as, as long as it's looking fresh on me, I, I'm down to rep it, man. Y'all just got to hit me up. You know, my boy, uh, Bud Crush, we got something in the works. Stay tuned for that. So last week I was repping my boy Marcus, uh, 
Nubian bookstore. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just uh, the love y'all showing us is amazing. Even the trolls, the fact that you're all so invested, we still appreciate that. It's just you got to get the you got to get the facts straight here. You can't, you know, run off with these false with this fake news, as they like to say, you know, so let's let's stop that already. Um, Terlansky says, I'm sounding better. Glad, glad he's glad I'm back. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate that. Sumi Life says the shirt's fire. You like it, man? Ch check out Kabuto, man. You know, I was repping the shit at my boy uh, Robert Hale's uh, surprise party. Definitely got some compliments, so make sure y'all check them out. So, again, we'll get to this whole car start to finish, but, you know, I got to give a big shout-out to our sponsor, Manscaped. So let me go ahead and do that. So attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pew problem? insert space music here if so our friends at manscaped are have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0 that's what i got in my hand right here and kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0 the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders and male grooming Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with code BATTLE20. Now, I mean, listen, ever since I beat COVID, I kind of feel like I got a second lease on life. And, you know, I was already a pretty confident individual. I was already, you know, living life. But now I feel like I'm really living life to the fullest. And now... You know, now these products are coming in the hand like even more than they ever. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're already part of my normal grooming routine. But now it's like, you know, you're, uh, you know, you got a lady friend that wants to come over uh, multiple times a week. You better using that ball deodorant on the reg. And, you know, ladies ain't just calling me Daniel Levy no more. They're calling me Daniel Sexy now. So ready for an out of world experience, fellas. Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0. You'll also get the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Guys, I got to tell you, if you're dealing with the ear and nose hairs, listen, there's nothing wrong with that, but there is something wrong with not addressing it. I can tell you right now, the ladies will appreciate you getting rid of that. And in addition to that, they give you what I've been hyping up, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. This stuff is unbelievable. I mean, if you're, <laughs> you know, I, I got to watch what I say just in case, like, so, you know, the wrong people are listening, right? You know, you don't want, I don't want to get in trouble. But, uh, you know, if you're going out on three dates a week with three different women, you got to make sure you stay up on your grooming game. And that's just the bottom line. If you piss off one of the girls you're dating, you got to go make it up to her by cooking dinner at her place. You better damn well make sure you're smelling good. Um, if you had a good first date last night and you're catching up for a second time tonight just because it went so well, use this. I mean, don't get me wrong. You better be using cologne as it is. You better be smelling good. You better be well-groomed. But that ball deodorant just takes it to a whole new level. And... uh with that being said, it's also the Crop Reviver Toner, which this is what I recommend using after you get that trim on. Just kind of like a nice little spritz to make sure that, you know, firstly, it's got aloe vera in it. But just to kind of make sure that, you know, everything's good to go. Everything's smooth. Everything's ready. But that ball deodorant you can use anytime you have a date. I recommend that 
ASAP. Anytime Shadi's coming over, you already know what time it is. And they also sent a travel bag to hold your whole... Uh... <laughs> hold on a second. My boy Mystic Sosa says, I get no hose. Oh, come on, man. We can change that. You know, there's a couple slight tweaks you make. And all of a sudden, the world is yours, my brother. So, you know, there's lots of things. It's just, it's not about, you know, you don't have to be six foot five. You don't have to drive this car. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am a good looking guy. I do drive a nice car, but that that ain't why. Because I could be doing those things and have a shitty attitude and have a shitty uh, view of life and no one would give a fuck, right? It's actually more so about your outlook on life how you present yourself, how you treat people, how you carry yourself, how you dress, etc. So, guys, last time on that last podcast, I went for an hour and 40 minutes, and it was so therapeutic to talk with y'all. So I got time to talk today. and uh, But I got to get past this Manscaped. You know, it's just so awesome what they've been doing for me. So first scheduled for lift off the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. The spaceship is here to guide you on your journey to trim your butt, balls, your body, balls, butt, and even your anus. Now, I ain't going that far, but for some of y'all, I, I can only speak for myself, but if you need it, then go for it. The fourth-generation trimmer also features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 7,000 RPM motor and a new multifunction on-off switch, which can engage a travel lock and is even waterproof. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4,000K LED spotlight you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave throughout your travels across the universe. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop your worst weeds up top of your nose and ear. Like I said, you got those. No big deal. Just make sure you get rid of them. And the Weed Whacker is also waterproof, uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360-degree rotary dual blade system. I always sounds so badass when I say that. This nose and ear hair trimmer pr uh, provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate spots. So don't forget to use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which I've been hyping up this entire show, uh, to help uh, your planets uh, be on their A game. Uh, while feeling the sun's heat, also the Crop Reviver. And Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. So, guys, bottom line, abort hairy balls and buzz light um, and buzz light ear that woody with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code BATTLE20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at Manscaped.com. Your dick and balls need some help for a clean trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. So apparently, uh, <laughs> apparently this dude just got here. Just just scroll back to the beginning of the show. We addressed the whole non-issue with Shag, the the false narrative that y'all created. Don't don't worry about that. We address it. So just scroll back and you'll get to hear about that. Um all right. So now it's time to hold now it's time to break down this whole car start to finish. So let's go ahead and do that. And y'all can ask me questions throughout the show. Um, I'm still open to having, if any of the fans want to come side by side with me, talk with me, debate with me, grill me, whatever you want to do, go ahead. Let's talk, man. I I'm here. I got time. My date ain't until like 8 o'clock, so we're good. And I'm already well-dressed and well-groomed thanks to Manscaped. So let's go, baby. Thanks to Jiu-Jitsu, too. I've been training, getting back in shape, feel amazing. 
So first up in the featherweight division, we got a matchup between Omar Morales. He's 11 and one. He's taking on Jonathan Pierce, who is 10 and four. And currently they got Omar Morales minus 150 to come back on Jonathan Pierce's plus 130. So this is a very interesting fight. I've heard a lot of differing opinions. So basically the way I view this fight is like this. Uh, JSP is a very aggressive, young, hungry kid. He's got great fan, uh, great volume, can wrestle a little bit. He's got some length. So I, I think he's got a bright future for sure. It, it, here's my issue. I just don't see how you can eat upwards of seven strikes per minute and beat Omar Morales in a fight. You know, everyone was trying to bring up this whole volume argument last fight when uh, Omar fought Shane Young. And what you got to understand is that Omar Morales has the ability to slow down the pace and fight it at his own methodical rhythm where the fight is kind of slowed down. Because if you go out there and try to just go balls to the wall against a guy like Omar Morales, especially with a guy like Pierce who gets hit as much as he does, I mean, the counters are going to be there all night. Not to mention, Omar's got a very solid wrestling base. And to take it a step further, Omar's flat out in his prime. This is the final version of Omar Morales. He is 35 years old. And I think that these are going to be his last few best performances that he's about to have. Um, also, word on the street is that he addressed a couple medical things that kind of held him back in that last fight. Um, even though, I mean, he's 30-27, the guy on first gear. You, you understand what I'm saying? So now if we even get this to second gear, which I assume we will because Jonathan Pierce is going to push that pace. I, again, it just goes back to my main point. You cannot eat seven strikes per minute and beat Omar Morales in a fight. So give me Omar Morales either via decision or via knockout. Now, next up in the welterweight division, we got a matchup between Matt Semi the Jedi Semmelsberger. He's eight and three, and he's taking on Martin Sano, who's four, two, and one. And currently they got Matthew Semmelsberger minus 500, the comeback on Martin Sano's plus 385. So one interesting thing off the bat is that Semmelsberger actually opened minus 160. You know, um, my, my better logic says that, you know, that line was just a big mistake. They just fucked up. It was what it was. It got adjusted shortly after. But then there's also that side of you where it's like, you know, Vegas knows. Like, do they know something we don't know? So that's, you know, that's just a little something in the back of my head that I'm pondering. But at the end of the day, Martin Sano, Let's give him a little credit. Only man in MMA history to submit Jeff Neal and the first man to finish Jeff Neal. So props to him. Now, that was also a million years ago. So I don't know how much stock you could put into that. But I know for a fact when the hype video and the promo video that they play right before the fighters walk out, you know, they're going to say, with regional wins over Jeff Neal, Martin Sano makes his UFC debut. You know, they're, they're going to go. They're gonna, I, I know for a fact that's going to be said on the pre-fight promo package. So that's going to be kind of funny. But Martin Sano, listen, he's only four and two, man. He, um, he's not saying that he can't make it to the UFC. Well, he's in the UFC. Can't not saying that he won't be UFC level one day. But the reason that he got into the UFC is because he's friends with some very powerful individuals. I mean, the Diaz brothers, they walk in the room, man. They're a presence. They got a lot of pull. They got um, they got that star power. And if they want their teammates on the card, their teammates are going to get on the card. I mean, remember Chris Avila back in the day, right? So that's basically why Martin Sano's here. 
Um, I just think that Matthew Semmelsberger is the more physical guy. He's been in there with the better competition. I mean, granted, you can make an argument. Well, one guy's been in there with Jeff Neal, but it wasn't the Jeff Neal who was a top 15 guy in the UFC. It was, it was Jeff Neal, a very green, um, undeveloped Jeff Neal. So I, I kind of don't really put much stock into that. It's just kind of fun to mention type thing. And with Matthew Semmelsberger, I mean, he, he's a very strong individual. I believe he used to play football back in the day. Uh, I think he's beat the better level of competition in today's age. I mean, went out there with Jason Witt and handled him accordingly, knocked him out in the first exchange. You got his uh, next fight against Chaos Williams. It didn't go his way, but you know what? Not a lot of guys are taking those shots from Chaos Williams and staying standing. And um, I think he showed that he's going to go on to win some more UFC fights. So give me Matt Simmelsberger here. Probably a knockout somewhere along the way. Now, next up in... The middleweight division, we got a matchup between Nick Maximov. He's six and zero. He's taking on Cody Brundage, who is six and one. Both gentlemen are making their UFC debuts, and currently they got Nick Maximov minus one thirty-two. The comeback on Cody Brundage is plus one twelve. And just for reference, it opened minus three fifty for Nick Maximov. Um, so, real quick, my boy Matt Drucker said, if the offer still stands, I'd love to join the call. I'm down with that. Let me just uh, break down the fights, and then afterwards we can do a little fan Q&A. You know what I'm saying? I'll get you in here in a little bit. Just remind me towards the end of the show. Oh, we got my boy, the newest member of PFL, Nasty Nate Williams in the house, fighting Don Madge, October 27th. Uh, Nate Williams, if you ain't busy, you want to share a couple words on the biggest fight of your career, more than welcome to hop in here. Just send me a message privately, and I'll send you the link. Um, and also, Nate, was a pleasure to see you at uh, Robert Hale's surprise birthday party. You know, it's all love to my brother, Nate Williams. Um, pro fighter, father, firefighter. I know I got the order wrong because father is – how about this? Father, husband, firefighter, and professional mixed martial artist that's about to fight in the PFL. So, Nate, you know, you're the fucking man, nasty Nate. We love you, bro. And just a good human being. I mean – it's funny because we I can sit here and talk about his skills, which are fantastic. Go watch the highlight reel video I made for him. But my favorite thing about Nate Williams is how much this guy genuinely loves his family. So I can talk about this guy for days. He's truly an unbelievable individual. But back to Maximov and Cody Brundage. It's a thing where it's wrestling versus jujitsu, right? Nick Maximov is the jujitsu guy. Cody Brundage is the wrestler here. And both guys are making their UFC debuts. Both guys are pretty green for, you know, I, hence they're making their debuts with less than 10 pro fights, right? It, it's just one of these things where I kind of think the heart department has to favor uh, Nick Maximov. Um, that fight he had on Contender Series, I mean, he weighed like, what, 205? And his opponent weighed like 260. And you're going to get tired grappling a man that much bigger than you. And he was still able to get those takedowns. And that's pretty damn admirable, man. Now, on one hand, you can make an um, an argument that this is a tougher matchup on paper. The reason being is that although Carl Roberson is a more experienced guy at the UFC level and definitely a better striker than both these guys, however, Carl Roberson has really not shown any improvements on the mat, and I truly believe Nick Maximov takes his back one time, and you know it's going to be tap tap city. Whereas here, Cody Brundage does have a wrestling background, so that's what kind of makes it unique. You know, can Cody Brundage kind of stall out a guy like Nick Maximo? That's the big question. But now I got to go back to the toughness. 
you saw how damn tough Nick Maximov was fighting a guy with over 50 pounds on him. Whereas in Cody Brundage's um, contender series fight, look, he went, it, it was at 205. This fight's at middleweight. So we got to address that for sure. But once the takedowns weren't working against Willie Knight, who is a powerhouse in his own right, you know, he kind of checked out. He kind of covered up. He kind of let the ref intervene. So for that, re for that reason, at the UFC level, I do think Nick Maximov is uh, is is the tougher guy here. So give me him for the win. My boy L says, Dan, love from the Netherlands. Hey, my boy, if I'm ever in the Netherlands, you got to take me to the coffee shops, my man. I'm very excited to go to Deutschland. You know what I'm saying, man? So we'll be in touch. He said, keep up the great work. Really appreciate the last podcast and the topics you brought up. You are keeping it real, man. Wishing you all the best. And I truly appreciate you know you saying that. And for everyone that doesn't know what he's referring to, hit the pause button right now and go listen to the first 15 minutes of my last podcast where, you know what I mean? I got a lot of things off my chest. I addressed a lot of things and um, I just want to keep you guys updated on what's really going on. So make sure if you haven't heard that, go back to the span and, and Anthony Smith podcast first 15 minutes. I explain everything. So thank you for that. L. I appreciate that. And I look forward to seeing you in the Netherlands one day. Now, I think I, I fucked up by not mentioning their records while I was announcing it. But basically, Maximov is 6-0, Brundage is 6-1. But anyways, next up in the lightweight division, we got a matchup between Yurosh Medic. He's 7-0, and he's taking on Jalen Turner, who is 10-5. Currently, they got Yurosh Medic minus 120. The comeback on Jalen Turner is plus 102. So another interesting fight. A lot of people say the line should be flipped. Maybe it should, maybe it shouldn't. But there is this misconception about who Yurosh Medic is, um, saying that he's just another fighter from the Alaskan scene. Now, while that might be factually correct that he did have some fights on the Alaskan scene, I think what you guys got to understand is that, you know, this is not a guy with Alaskan blood. This is, I believe he's Serbian, right? So th this is a European guy who moved to Alaska. We got to make that distinction. This ain't no Cody McKenzie and I'll, I'll do respect, but this ain't no Cody McKenzie coming in here. This ain't no, what's that other kid um, that got knocked out by Yanez, uh, Victor Rodriguez from the Alaskans. Like this ain't, this ain't that guys. Like this is a European who moved to Alaska. He's got Serbian blood. It's a, it's a completely different ball game. And to take it a step further, he's lived in California, I believe, the last two years training at Kings MMA. So he's getting the right looks in. And if you really want to bring up his Alaskan scene, look how he handled those guys, man. He, he handled them exactly how you're supposed to. So even though he doesn't have much fight time, his fights don't often go past the first round. I mean, that not necessarily indicative that he's going to fall apart if they do all that means is that everyone he's fought can't hang with him so that's not his fault you can't blame that with him but now he does have a tough matchup in Jalen Turner and I got to say about Jalen Turner and real quick before I do like I mentioned Medic is training at King's MMA so his main sparring partner is Benil Dariush the number three lightweight on planet earth if that's not going to level up your game I don't know it will but back to Jalen Turner he is a very improved young man. He is a very talented fighter. He's a very rangy striker. He's getting better in all facets of the game. There's just one big concern I have when it comes to Jalen Turner fights, and that's that early on in his career, he was knocked unconscious multiple times. And as you guys know, something about the chin is that it tends not to recover. And 
you know, he hasn't been fighting too many power hitters. You know, he's in there with Brock Weaver, who, according to you guys, doesn't belong in the UFC. He was in there with Josh Kulabau, who's way too small and is, you know, should be fighting down a weight class. Now, this is going to be the fight where we find out if Jalen Turner truly patched up, you know, those issues. And when I say patched up those issues, I don't mean that his chin ma- magically, you know, re- re-strengthened or anything like that. What I, what I mean is, can he work around his chin? Like, for example, a guy like Alistair Overeem is the classic example. You know, he was getting knocked out every fight for a while, but he found a way to get that shell game going and kind of work around taking those heavy blows that would put him out. So Turner having, you know, I think a six-inch reach advantage in the spot, if he can keep that distance and avoid these big bombs, then there is a chance that he can be that guy to hand Medich's first loss. But on the flip side, I'm in the belief that Medich is the guy that can expose those old problems that we've been waiting to come out again. Like, I truly don't think that Brock Weaver was going to be able to expose something like that. I truly don't believe that Josh Kulabau was going to be able to expose that, whereas Medich does possess that power. But look, there are questions. What happens if it goes past the first round? And and it's a question. It's not an assumption. What you guys are doing, not not all you guys, but what a lot of you guys are doing is making the assumption that just because he hasn't been past the first round more than once, therefore he's going to fall apart. And there's really no evidence to back that claim. Now, there's also no evidence to back that he can win a decision. So that's just kind of what we got to tune in for to find out. So I'm not... You know what they say about making assumptions? You make an ass out of you and me. So let's not sit here and act like he's going to fall apart past the first round. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. We have to wait and find out. But one thing I do know is if he connects clean on that chin of Jalen Turner, those past uh, issues that were prevalent, that were uh, apparent, that were 100% real, those will reappear. So my pick is going to be Yurosh Medic to come out here and I like Jalen Turner. He's a nice kid, but I think he might take a nap Saturday night, and I hope he returns. And real quick, I think that Jalen Turner is managed by a very good manager and one of the most well-respected managers in the game. But I, I, I'm still like, why the hell would you put your fighter in there with Vicente Luque? Like, like, look, I get it. I, my bad. I just dropped my phone. I get it. Like, get your foot in the door. You get a UFC opportunity, you're not going to turn it down 100%. But at the end of the day, like you got to look out for your fighter safety. And putting Vicente, uh, putting Jalen Turner in there with Vicente Luque is one of the biggest mismatches in the history of the sport. And to take it a step further was one of the most brutal knockouts I've ever seen. So let's let's look out for our fighters' health a little bit. So, you know, uh, my boy, uh, his manager, I think he's made a lot of great calls over the years. I just don't think that that was one of them. Maybe he disagrees. I'd love to talk to him one-on-one about that and hear his opinion. But, you know, no no point in, you know, what is it, crying over spilt milk. I think it's more so a case where Turner's finally putting it together. And we'll see what he's got. But this is going to be a tough fight. And also on prize picks, which I'll talk about my sponsor here in a sec, they're over-under, I believe, is seven and a half minutes. So y'all go ahead and smash that. Maybe, maybe mix it up with... Uh, the Mahomes over under or whatever kind of football y'all like, or if you just want to keep it exclusive to UFC, hit up prize picks, use code battle. We'll get to that in a second. Now, next up 
in the flyweight division. We got a matchup between Roxanne Modafferi. She's twenty-five and eighteen, and she's taking on Tyla Santos, who is seven and one. And currently, they got Tyla Santos minus four hundred to come back on Roxanne Modafferi is plus three ten. Look, let's just get it out the way. Tyla Santos should win this fight, and she should win this fight dominantly. But she also should have won that fight against Mara Barella, and she also should have won that fight dominantly. And yeah, you know, I bet Mar, I bet um, Tyler Santos at minus one fifty. Which, in hindsight, doesn't that just seem like a great line for Tyler Santos, who's this hot prospect taking on Mara Barella, who does not belong in the UFC? And in that fight, Tyler Santos refused to throw, and she let a fighter with no chin. And for women to get knocked out, you know, it takes a lot. Mara Barella has been knocked out multiple times, been submitted multiple times, just. Got, it went like what two and five, two and six in the UFC, something like that. So for her to lose that fight, I definitely still got PTSD from it. I definitely still got my flashbacks from that man because it's like I got to lay minus four hundred here when you burnt me at minus one fifty versus an even easier opponent. Um, I'm not picking Roxanne. Don't get me wrong, and I, and I got all due respect for Roxanne because at one point Roxanne used to be kind of like a laughing stock in MMA where she got slam KO'd on multiple fights. The Sarah Kaufman fight, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the Jessica Ricosi fight, she got slam KO'd more than once. She was a laughing stock, but for her to make it all the way to a UFC title shot to be a ranked fighter, like, yo, Roxy, like, that's that's some gangster shit, man. So my hat's off to her. I respect her. And she surprised a lot of people in a lot of these fights. You know, she was a big underdog against Andrea Lee. She was a big underdog against Antonina Shevchenko. And she went out there and she won those fights. So I give her a lot of credit. I'm not laying this minus 400 on Tyler Santos despite me picking her to win the fight. Um, I just can't because I know what Tyler can do when she pulls stunts, man. And the thing is, now real quick, let me check where this fight is at. I believe, um, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, exactly. It's at the T-Mobile Arena. It's not at the Apex. So what you guys got to understand is that the fans are going to be back. Now, I'm curious to see if the fans, you know, because of Santos's two wins, correct me if I'm wrong, were in the Apex with no fans, plus the Contender Series fight she won was in the Apex. Maybe she does better there with less pressure, whereas now the fans are going to be roaring. It's going to be an electric environment. Will that make Tyler Santos hesitant to pull the trigger? So that, that that's my big concern. Uh, you know, you're t- we're talking minus 400. Yeah? I mean, we were talking minus 150 like I got against Barella. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take that, that risk all day, but minus 400 is grounds to get burned. But all that said, give me the superior fighter. Give me Tyler Santos. It's just please don't pull a stunt here. Like, please perform to the best of your abilities and you'll win this fight. Period. Now, next up in the heavyweight division, we got a matchup between Shamil Abdurakimov. He's 20 and 5. He's taking on Chris Dacus, who is 11 and 3. And currently, they got Chris Dacus minus 205. The comeback on Shamil Abdurakimov is plus 170. So, Chris Dacus definitely seems like a pretty badass prospect. Um, and it's funny, I say prospect, but he's actually ranked top 10 in the division, but not saying that. He doesn't belong there because, I mean, look, he beat Alexei Olenek and took his ranking. So you beat the number 10 guy, you are the number 10 guy. I get that. But I kind of do also feel like that was a very favorable matchup, and I'm not exactly sure that that's indicative of what's going to happen when he fights You know, some of these younger up-and-coming guys. I mean, how old is my boy Alexei Olenek? And all, all due respect, Olenek is a fucking beast. Olenek's had 
<laughs> damn near uh what 75 fights or something like that all next 44 right now when, when you talk about heavyweights you know being in, in your 40s is not as big of a deal you know these guys kind of hit their prime at a later stage but He's had 75 fights, so we can agree that my boy Olenek is, with all due respect, kind of towards the end of his run. And, and the reason I bring that up is because Chris Dacus, he's got unbelievably fast hands for the heavyweight division. He's been slimming down tremendously in all his fights. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, so this is a guy that you definitely have to keep your eye out for, and I do think he's got a bright future. What I'm worried about is the two times he went past round one, I mean, I don't know if y'all know what happened, but uh, he got finished both times. And by guys that aren't on his level either. Now, granted, he's leveled up his game. Times are different now. But I'm just worried about what happens in this fight. I'm worried about what happens if it goes past the first. You know, the difference between the Medich fight and this fight, you know, because people are calling them first-rounder bust guys, is that I have proof and evidence that um, 100% of the time when Chris Dacus went past the first round, he got finished. Whereas with Medich, it's still a question mark. So I think there's a big distinction you got to make there. So not saying he hasn't patched that up and not saying he can't come out here and perform, but it's just based off what I've seen, he's kind of a first round guy. And that might be enough. I mean, I have seen uh, Shamil get finished in the first round. I know you remember that Tim Johnson fight back in the day, but you got to give Shamil a lot of credit. I mean, Shamil is a guy that is truly battle tested. Shamil is a guy that knocked out Marcin Tybura, who's on the best run of his career right now. Shamil is a guy that had the Derek Lewis fight been a three round fight, Shamil would have won 30 27, but there was a fourth round. He got stopped in the fourth round, but just to, be winning rounds against the top guys on planet Earth to be knocking guys like that out. You got to show the guy respect. Now he's been out for a while. He got mauled by Curtis blades and he hasn't come back since. Is it because he was recovering? Is it because he lost his motivation or is it because he don't need this shit? He's like, is it because he's well off and you know, he does this for fun. So I don't know. So I got to go with Chris Dacus, the age gap, the, the speed, the momentum, all that. But, I'm very curious to see what happens if this fight hits midway to the second round. And that'll answer a lot of questions for me, but my pick will be Chris Dacus. Now, next up in the lightweight division, we got a matchup between Dan Hooker. He's 20 and 10. He's taking on Nazrat Hakparas. He was 13 and 3. And currently, they got Dan Hooker minus 150. The comeback on Nazrat Hakparas is plus 135. So, this is a fight where I'd like to bring up some stats. So firstly, two very, very exciting, um, two very exciting strikers in the lightweight division. I mean, you kind of got the length slash point fighty style of Dan Hooker with those missile knees and the calf kicks. And then with Nazrat Hakparas, he's just got a bomb and a nuke of a left hand and, um, you know, a, a very dangerous Southpaw striker. Uh, so also has youth on his side and also has been battle tested inside the UFC's octagon. So and both these guys have. So here, here's something I want to bring up about Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker eats way too many shots for my liking. Um, and this is nothing new guys. And the reason I wanted to bring up some stats is because of this. This is something that's been going on throughout his entire career. And 
one day it's going to catch up to him. Was the Michael Chandler fight the day that it caught up to him? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I think this fight's going to tell us a lot. You know, if Dan Hooker, if Dan Hooker comes out here looking smooth, then goddamn, you know, throughout what I'm saying, maybe for that fight at least. But some somewhere along the way, it's going to catch up to him. And, and here's what I'm talking about: Dan Hooker's second UFC fight against Maximo Blanco, he ate 132 strikes. That's in the beginning of his UFC career. Midway through his UFC career, he had a fight with Edson Barboza. He ate 126 strikes. Now towards the kind of twilight slash end of his career, one could say he ate 110 strikes against Felder. He ate 153 strikes against Dustin Poirier, and he was subsequently knocked out in the first round against Michael Chandler. So was that a sign that all the damage this guy takes? Because Hooker was the guy with the iron jaw who would just eat your best shot and keep moving forward. But now we're getting to that point where I do think all the wars are starting to catch up with them. And I'm genuinely worried, man. You don't want to see these guys take that kind of damage. And that Poirier fight, while it was a spirited effort, I mean, I don't know if y'all saw the aftermath of that. Maybe you should look it up on YouTube real quick. But that was hard to watch. And like I said, very next fight gets stopped right away in the first round, which I think that if you gave me a fresher hooker, that wasn't going to happen. And that, that's not to take anything away from Michael Chandler. He did a fantastic job. Now, as far as Nazrat is concerned, firstly, we got to understand he's just a kid. I mean, the guy was born in 1995. I wouldn't know what the hell it means to be born in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just a kid. Um, and he's a guy that that's coming into his own. Now, I do have to debate one stat it shows with him. So it says... According to the numbers that Nazrat Hakparas lands more strikes per minute than Dan Hooker. I'm going to debate that because the reason why is, although it might say that, the reality is that Dan Hooker's landed more strikes overall in a single fight. So I do kind of... I do kind of view Hooker as the volume guy here and Nazrat as the power guy here. So either guy could get sniped, either guy could get caught along the way, but the damage that Hooker has taken is what's got me in big question here, and that's what kind of makes me think the line should be a little bit sh uh, shorter than it is. Some people might disagree. No big deal. Uh, we live in the USA. We're allowed to disagree, and shout-out to all our fans worldwide as well. Um, give me Nazrat here. Give me Nazrat to capitalize on all the damage Hooker has been taking. Hooker loves eating those shots and giving them back. And that's just a style. He's had a long career already. Like how much longer can he do that for? So give me Nazrat to upset Dan Hooker. Preferably with that missile cannon nuke left hand that he's got. Now, next up in the bantamweight division, we got a matchup between Marlon Moraes. He's 23 and 8. He's taking on Marab Duwalishwili, who is 13 and 4. And currently, they got Marab Duwalishwili minus 240. The comeback on Marlon Moraes is plus 205. So, man, I haven't seen a decline this big, uh, you know, as far as Marlon Moraes is concerned since, uh, since Tyron Woodley. You know, I mean, at one point, you guys got to remember, Marlon Moraes was one of the scariest guys in the Bantamweight division. I mean, do y'all remember what he did to Aljamain Sterling? Y'all remember what he did to Rafael Asuncao? Do y'all remember what he did to Jimmy Rivera? Do y'all remember what he did to Tyson Nam back in, 
was it a World Series of Fighting? So this dude, Marlon Mirage, has had a long and storied career. It's just that I'm under the impression that Henry Cejudo took his soul. And I don't say that lightly. That's just that's just what I think, man. Um, I, I truly think that after that Cejudo fight, he never came back the same. Most of y'all thought he lost the Aldo fight. And then the next two fights against Sanhagen and Font, not saying I didn't think, you know, that Sanhagen and Font had chances, but uh, it, it wasn't even, there weren't even competitive fights. Those two just blew them out the water. And there's always been kind of a chin issue going on with Hooker since day one. Excuse me, not Hooker. That, that's not what I meant to say. With Marlon Marais since day one, even on his early fights, he's been rocked and, you know, even finished in his early career. It's just now after the Suhudo fight, I think that now is the time when we're going to start to see just the, you know, kind of like you saw no life left in Tyron Woodley after that Usman fight. Um, not not that, I mean, you saw a life in some of his wins. I mean, not Maya fight. I had to wake my boy Shaq up. We had a check for Pulse. That's how fucking boring that was. So, <laughs> yeah. So, listen, back to Marab. He's what fantasy players uh, daily fantasy sports players like to refer to as DraftKings Gold because this is a guy that's going to go out there and get 12 takedowns, get 15 takedowns, get 10 takedowns in a fight. And even in that fight against John Dodson, um, <laughs> they kind of screwed him over there, man, um, because they said, let me check what the actual number said real quick. So they said that Marab only landed two takedowns against John Dodson. But that is complete and total bullshit. Like, I thought he landed like five to ten takedowns. They just didn't count some of them because they because Dodson popped back up quick. But like, that kind of screwed him over in the fantasy scoring. But even in you know with them making some mistakes, he still went out there and put up a pretty good number. Um, I just think this is a case where Marlon Moraes needs to get that first round head kick. Needs to come out here and get that first round guillotine. Needs to come out here and finish him in the first round because anytime Marlon Moraes has been past the first round, it's uh, it's always gotten sketchy. So if if Marab starts to get those takedowns on him, starts to get this into the, to the seven minute mark, you're gonna see Marlon Moraes huffing and puffing. Also, let me say this: don't write off the possibility of a first round finish for Marab. I think that Marlon is getting to that point where. You know, he's falling off a cliff, and that's just how this, this game goes. I mean, you go from Woodley, who's taking those five-round ass whoopings for, you know, versus Usman, versus Colby, versus all these guys, versus Burns, and then now he's getting finished in the first round by Luke, who's a great finisher. I'm just saying, these things get worse. Now he's losing the YouTuber, Disney guys, and is so desperate, he's talking about getting tattoos. Like, like Tyron's an embarrassment. I remember when y'all were saying Tyron's representing us, like, in that fight, I was like, no, he ain't, dude. He ain't represented us, and God knows how. He was one of the worst champions. And when I say that, yeah, you can say, oh, he defended the belt four times. It's like, dude, when he was out here, like, trying to fight uh, Nate Diaz, who I love and respect. He was a fucking total badass. Like, he wasn't trying to fight the toughest guys. He got forced into doing it. I can go off and off about Tyron Woodley, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, let me answer a couple things that y'all are saying real quick. Um... Uncle Wheezy, what's up, my boy? He says three first round finishes, five UFC wins for Marlon Marais, and he is plus nine hundred to win in the first. That line seems off. I mean, yeah. Um, it's just do you wanna 
take a risk with this version of him. I mean, look, Marab's a meathead. So Marab might leave his neck out there to get exposed on an early shot, get guillotined, something like that. I can't write off that possibility. Or a head kick, get caught with something. So, yeah, I mean, he's always got a chance to finish early. It's just, you know, I, I just personally don't see it happening, my man, especially with his current state. But, you know, maybe the time off has refreshed him. I don't know. But he doesn't seem like the same guy to me. My boy, or my girl, excuse me, MMA girly, appreciate you being here. She said, I love your content and your Ellie Studio Beats. She's talking about my headphones. She said, I received the exact same ones for my birthday, but they got stolen about a year ago. Really hindered my max potential hustling (laughs) progress. You got great taste, though. I appreciate that, girly. Thank you so much. And I hope that uh, whoever stole your headphones, karma's, karma's on the way, and hopefully... Hopefully something shows up at your doorstep one day, you know. Hopefully you get them back. I'm praying for you. Um, let me see what else y'all are saying. Too real says where is Shaq? Go back to the first 15 minutes of the show. Um K Diz says Marais is still very dangerous early on, but that pace Marab pushes is tailor made to break a fighter lane. Like exactly, man. That pace that Marab pushes is unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, his nickname is the machine, and it's so damn fitting, isn't it? So let's see what else y'all are saying. Oh, here we go. Dan, bro, it's David from Kabuto Brands. So good to see you back healthy. Thank you so much for repping our dragon shirt. Awesome shout out. Yeah, for those that don't, I'm, I'm going to move your comments so they can see the shirt. Dude, like this shit was the hit at my boy Robert King Hale's party. Saw my boy Nasty Nate Williams, PFL fighter. He was there too, um, about to fight Don Madge. You know, I was repping this. You can check out our picture together. Uh, and not only is the design cool, man, from Kabuto, but shit feels slick man this feel it feels comfortable makes my my fantastic physique look great <laughs> so y'all gotta check uh check out kabuto man i highly recommend it and i'm happy to rep this all day baby so yeah mystic sosa talking about woodley dude that shit is so sad dude's getting a tat and putting his pride aside for another bag that he clearly does not deserve and let me just take it a step further that it clearly is not going to get. He already had his chance. So Ugly Baby said, dropping truth bombs about Tyron. Haven't I been doing that this whole time, my man? And it's funny because I was cashing on him back when he was winning. But I saw when he went Hollywood. I saw when he, uh, you know, when he stopped staying true to himself. So, yeah, that's what I got to say. Andy says, Dan, the man, F COVID, F COVID indeed. All right, so... Before I talk about this next fight between Jessica Andraj and Cynthia Cavio, that's the main card, got to talk about my other sponsor in prize picks. So you guys already know about some of these other fantasy sports outlets, right? And it's like a thing where, like, you got to make these lineups with six fighters. You got to hope that shit goes wrong. You got to do multiple entries to to hope that one of them hits and if it does good for you but what's so and those other outlets are only one sport at a time what i think is so damn cool about prize picks and real quick make sure you'll go to prizepicks.com and use my code battle for an 100 percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars the link is in the description so what's so cool about prize picks is like for example you go on there right now and you see something that stands out like for example if you think the the Euro Medich versus Jalen Turner fight is going to end 
over or under seven and a half minutes. Put that in, in your, uh, you know, put that on the dock. And then if you got an inkling on another sport that you feel like you have an edge on, like if you think my boy Austin Riley for the Braves is going to hit a home run tonight, if you think that I always go back to the Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, if you think they're going to go over or under their projection, you can combine them together. So it's like multi-sports. Uh, uh, it's like multi-sports in fantasy. So that's what makes it so cool. So like I said, you use my code BATTLE in the link in the description and you're going to receive an 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And basically to describe it in simple terms, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market. You pick either two to five players. Again, you don't, it doesn't have to be six. It doesn't like you can pick two, run with that. You can pick three, four, five, whatever combination you want to do. They got no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally you versus the projection. And what I keep bringing up over and over is that Price Picks allows bolt, uh, mixed sports entries. So the Max Holloway fight just got announced against Yair Rodriguez. You want to take the over on Max Holloway, parlay it with the under on Matt Ryan, you know, for that, for the Falcons, like, like do whatever combo you feel like you have the edge on. That's why I think that they're so amazing. And, you know, and they're from ATL, so I got a rep, you know what I'm saying? But, they got a slick and easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And, you know, they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with fantastic reviews. So I highly recommend that you guys go out there and give prize picks a try today. Use my code BATTLE to get that 100% deposit match up to $100. So basically, you deposit $25, use my code BATTLE, you'll get $25 extra to play with. Deposit 50, get 50 extra all the way up to 100. Now, let's say you want to deposit more than 100, right? Let's say you want to deposit 250. Well, you'll still get an extra 100 to work with, right? So they're willing to work with you. I think y'all should be willing to work with them. Prizepicks.com. Use code BATTLE for that match. And the link is in the description. And my boy, K Diz, who's actually tries Prize Picks, uh, he's here in the chat. He says, Prize Picks is dope for real. If you don't like the game theory involved with playing fantasy MMA on other outlets, Prize picks is a much more straightforward game. And I can't emphasize enough the mixing of sports. Like, again, you feel like you only have one edge on this UFC card, but you feel like you got a big edge on one of the football games, one of the baseball games. Combine them together, man. That's what I'm trying to say here. Prize picks is, is fucking changing the game. So use that code battle and give them a try right now. Now, Next up in the flyweight division, we got a matchup between Jessica Bata Estaca Andrade. She's twenty. She's twenty-one and nine. She's taking on Cynthia Calvillo, who's nine and two. And currently, they got Jessica Bata Estaca Andrade minus two sixty. The comeback on Cynthia Calvillo is plus two fifteen. Yeah, tell this dude Valerie to go rewind to the beginning of the show, man. I, I don't know if if. You, you ain't listening too much or if you just got here now, but if you just got here now, go back to the beginning of the show. Everything is explained. But as far as his matchup is concerned, so look, on paper, I mean, um, Jessica Andrade, she hits harder, and we've talked about many times, power goes a long way in the women's divisions. Um, it's a thing where power can override technique at times. And one thing about Jessica Andrade, 
I mean, I've seen her knock young ladies out stiff. I mean, you remember that Carolina knockout? I mean, Carolina was never the same after that. You remember what she did to Jessica Panay? I mean, Jessica, you remember what, when she picked Rose Namajunas up over her head and, and knocked her unconscious? You remember even the second fight, which was controversial, that third round, uh, the way she put it on her? I mean, Jessica Andrade is a beast. And Cynthia Calvillo, I mean, listen, one thing about Cynthia Calvillo is she is a tough warrior. And if she takes you down, if she gets on top of you, I mean, she's got some vicious ground and pound. She's got some good back takes. Um, her transition to the Mata Leon rear naked choke. I mean, I've seen her get no hooks rear naked chokes in fights before. So uh, don't mess around with uh, Cynthia Calvillo on the map. But here's what here's basically my whole thing on this fight. If both fighters are at their best, then I do have to go with Jessica Andrade. It's just, here's my big concern. You guys know that a fighter's dream and their biggest aspiration, for the most part, I know, I know there's some journeymen who just fight for a paycheck and they don't care about nothing else, but most fighters have a dream of being a world champion, and, and that's what they do this for. Jessica Andrade's dream was just taken away from her, not once, but twice, right? Um, so it, it, it's one of those things now where does she still have that same motivation and hunger to get back in there, put those gloves back on again and, you know, work her way back up to the top. Cause if she doesn't, one thing I know about Cynthia is she is hungry. One thing I know about Cynthia, if she takes your back. There's a good chance she's choking you out. So I'm not counting out Cynthia. It's just more so I'm questioning where's Andrade at mentally right now at this point in her career. Cause there's one thing we often talk about is that title fight letdown. And that's um that's when fighters lose that title fight, and then the next fight is kind of a under-motivated, underwhelming performance. And that's kind of what I fear most with uh Jessica Andrade here. But you know, that's all speculative, right? So um who knows? But if Jessica Andrade comes out here looking like the Jessica Andrade we all know and love, then I think she's going to come out here and win this fight. My boy Peter Jones says, blessings, brother. Hope you are feeling better. I truly appreciate that, man. I'm feeling a lot better, man. I mean, like I said, still a little bit of shortness of breath, but like, man, ever since I beat this shit, like not being sick anymore, I truly am like out here living my best life. I truly feel like I got a second chance because the way I felt when I was sick, I was questioning if I was going to live, man. So, um, and I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm just being a hundred percent honest with you. Like I always am. So now I'm, I'm going all out. I'm taking more risks, um, just in life in general. I'm, I'm doing things just on a different level than I was before. I feel like I've become a better person. Even, um, I always had good intentions and a good heart, but I feel like, I feel like right now I just have just a, a new lease on life. And I hope that you all don't have to go through what I went through to get there. I hope y'all can just get there on your own, man. So my boy, Dominic says, welcome back. Thank you so much. Welcome back to you. I appreciate you being here. Can everybody do me a favor, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And if you follow me on Twitter at best five picks, please retweet the tweet of the show. My boy Dom says, I'm sounding better this week than last. I appreciate that, man. One, one day at a time, one step at a time, and we're going to get back to 100% one day, and I, and I cannot wait for that. So next up in the heavyweight division, we got a matchup between Curtis Blades. He's 14-3. and three. He's taking on Jerzinho Rosenstruck, who's 12-2. and two. And currently they got Curtis Blades minus 335. The comeback on Jerzinho is plus 270. So 
this is another interesting fight because, I mean, uh, conventional wisdom says that Blade should just come out here, take him down, maul him, and that'll be that. But wasn't that the story last fight against Derek the Black Beast Lewis, who's got like 50% takedown defense, who has been taken down in a lot of fights? Let me just lay out some stats. Curtis Blades, because people are saying, oh, Curtis Blades didn't attempt takedowns, which is total bullshit. It's categorically false. Curtis Blades went 0 for 3 in takedowns against Derek the Black Beast Lewis. So was that a sign that maybe he didn't truly commit to those attempts? Was it a sign that his wrestling isn't as good as it once was? Because one thing about Blades is the chin has been in question. I mean, the two Nganu fights, even the Mark Hunt fight, he got launched in that first round, ended up coming back and winning. And if there's one thing I know about Biggie Boy Rosenstruck, young, <laughs> young man can, uh, young man can uh, crack very hard and he can lay bodies on the floor and for a guy that's referred to as a ko or bust fighter um i mean he's six and two in the ufc with six ko so he knocks people out more than he doesn't right and looking back on that serial gone fight um it's like one of those things where you know he made a conscious decision he kind of felt what serial gone was working with uh <laughs> I know that sounded kind of funny, but he kind of felt the technique difference between him and Cyril Ghan, and he just kind of made a conscious decision that, hey, I'm just going to live to fight to another day. I'm just going to kind of survive and go on to fight again, which was really a smart idea because I truly believe that had he committed to trying to go out there and knock out Cyril Ghan, he would have gotten knocked out in the process. So I kind of kind of respect it man and then you look at how Cyril Gan's been performing against these other guys he's been owning them a lot more thoroughly so here it's really about is blades going to get these takedowns or not and if he does is going to be able to maul him because one thing about Rosenstrike, he doesn't have the best takedown defense his get up game ain't exactly the best but he's also pretty decent at minimizing damage on the mat that's one thing I have noticed about him so curious to see again i gotta bring up the last fight blades not only went 0 for 3 on takedowns but he got sent to the shadow realm in a way where um it, it was very scary and uncomfortable to watch i mean it's fun at first because we all love the black beast he's so exciting but then after that you worry about the health and safety of the fighters and that was not a pretty sight to see how does he come back from that uh, against another serious striker but i'll say this 0 for 3 on takedown attempts last time. I think you'll have more than three takedown attempts this time. That's just my that's just my projection, my guess. Let's see if that's the case. And if he gets them, there's a good chance he mauls Rosenstrike. But if not, Bobrecito, you know what I'm saying? I think that there's a chance that Rosenstrike can catch him. So you're definitely going to ha- want to have some Curtis Blades in your lineups just because his upside is huge. But this guy, Rosenstrike's got a knack for coming back and knocking people out, so just don't forget about that. But I'll, I'll lean with Blades here. All right. Featured bout five rounds in the middleweight division. We got the former UFC welterweight champion, the legend, Robbie Lawler. He's 28 and 15, taking on the former Strike Force and WEC welterweight champion, Nick Diaz, who is 26 and 9. And currently, they got Robbie Lawler minus 150. The comeback on Nick Diaz is plus 125. So we got a lot to talk about with this fight. So basically, we do not know what to expect from Nick Diaz. 
If Nick Diaz looks anything like the Nick Diaz that we all know and love, then we know he's got a lot of volume on the feet. We know he's got fantastic cardio. We know he's got an iron jaw. We know he's got a black belt in jiu-jitsu. We also know that they fought before he knocked out Robbie Lawler in the past. There's a lot of question marks. Been off for a significant amount of time. I mean, hasn't won a fight in 10 years. I mean, I was literally at it. I was like 21 years old <laughs> last time Nick Diaz won a fight. I was actually there against BJ Penn celebrating my birthday with some friends. Um, so we have no idea what to expect from Nick Diaz. There's been rumors that he's been partying. I don't have any evidence to back that up. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's speculative. I don't give a shit. I, that's neither here nor there. I don't know what to expect. I do know what to expect from Robbie Lawler, however. And what I expect is, you know, it's tough to say what I'm about to say without sounding like I'm disrespecting a true legend. And not just a legend, but a guy who's always put on exciting fights for the fans, who's one of the most devastating knockout artists in the history of the sport, a guy who's truly given so much to the sport, and Robbie Lawler, a guy we truly respect a lot. But the reality here is that Robbie Lawler has not been the same since the Carlos Conda fight. Both Conda and Lawler have not been the same since that fight, and that's just a fact. I mean, I mean, he's out here losing in the first round to guys like Ben Askren, and before you say that, oh, the ref did this, the ref did that, the fact that you even get to a controversial spot against that version, that fat, out-of-shape Askren. I'm not talking about the Askren who went on that massive undefeated run in Bellator where he beat Douglas Lima and Koreshkov and even beat Nikolai Alexakin outside the... I, I'm not I'm not talking about that version of Askren. I'm talking about the, the fat tub of lard that was an absolute disgrace in the UFC. Like, you couldn't... I get that Robbie was pounding on him early, but you couldn't just get him out of there like you couldn't make you get caught in a bulldog choke now whether it's controversial or not i mean the fact that we're even struggling against this guy in a fight at that point in his career that speaks volumes and then it's gonna sound like i'm digging into robbie who i respect so much but like you know robbie's the reason that tyron woodley touched the gold belt like come on robbie you let that guy touch gold you let that guy be one of the most disgraceful champions we've ever had in the history of the sport so and then yeah, I, I don't need to bring up the Colby fights, you know, because it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, is Nick Diaz going to attempt take 18 takedowns on Robbie? No, he's not. And would, would, would uh, Colby mop the floor with Nick Diaz? Absolutely. So you can throw that, throw that out. It's just, I haven't seen the same spirit, the same intensity, the same ferocity from Robbie Lawler that, uh, that I did prior to the Condit fight. I think that fight took a lot out of both of them. And props to Condit for retiring, you know. Uh, much respect when a fighter knows when to say when. So here with Diaz, it's a question of, you know, because Diaz is getting close to 40 years old, doesn't quite look in the same shape he used to be in. I'm not saying he's fat or nothing like that. I mean, but, you know, he used to be ripped, man. He used to... So my, my whole thing is, like, is Nick Diaz just going to come out here and fall over? Like... You know, because if that's the case, then, you know, maybe Robbie's got that first, you know, two-minute burst to come out here and get it done. But if if Nick Diaz does not just come out here and fall over, I do kind of see Nick Diaz getting to him down the stretch. This is a five-round fight, you guys got to remember. That's the kind of pull the Diaz brothers have, the volume, the cardio, 
not having to worry about getting taken down, not having to worry about a submission threat from Robbie Lawler. So to me, Robbie's got to come out here and make him fall over in the, in the first few minutes or else I, I, I don't see it going his way. But there's so many question marks. Again, on the DS side, I don't know what to expect, whereas on the Lawler side, I do know what to expect. I expect the washed-up Robbie Lawler we've been seeing these last few fights. I mean, when you make uh neil magny looked like a d1 wrestler out there you know and then his very next fight he gets exposed by kiesa it's just what more signs do you need to know that robbie has seen better days again the condit fight was so incredible but you guys remember the scene at the very end of the fifth round when they're both putting their arms over the cage and they had that beautiful moment where they literally fought to the point of beyond exhaustion and they gave everything they had truly not just that night but career wise that that was that was all they had left and they haven't been the same since so we know what to expect from lawler we don't know what to expect from diaz so that to me makes it seem like it should be a pick em fight you get dog money on either side i get it but now i think the line's getting a little bit wide maybe maybe i'm dead wrong maybe nick diaz falls over with the first punch is what it is man um my boy Alex is saying uh, Nick Diaz loses close decisions. It's a proven fact. Yeah, but you're talking about against guys that take him down. Robbie is a guy who has a history of shadow boxing in the middle of fights and not really throwing too many strikes per round. So it's it's a completely different matchup than the ones you're referring to. So I do see the line being closer. I'd say the value's on Nick, but I don't say it with confidence because I don't know what to expect from him. But I do know what to expect from Robbie. So let's just sit back as fans of two legends and, and see them go at it, man. I'm excited. Co-main event of the evening in the flyweight division. We got Valentina Shevchenko. She's 21 and three. She's taking on Lauren Murphy, who is 15 and four. Currently they got Valentina minus 1800. The comeback on Lauren Murphy is plus 980. So I think that this is a case where I think this is a case where you got to give Lauren Murphy a lot of credit, not necessarily at the betting window, but just for where she's gotten in her career. I mean, because I don't know if y'all remember, but Lauren Murphy started off her UFC career one and three, and she was kind of like a laughing stock at one point because she had like a terrible attitude. She'd always be crying. Her stint on the Ultimate Fighter, I mean. Eddie Alvarez absolutely embarrassed her, you know. So I was not a fan of Lauren Murphy, but ever since that that point, like I, I gotta say, man, um, Lauren Murphy changed her attitude around. Now I hear a lot of positivity. I hear a lot of enthusiasm. I'm seeing the results in these fights. And while you can say that these fights might be controversial decision wise, one thing you cannot debate is that Lauren Murphy is a tough and gritty individual man i mean never been finished in the ufc durable beyond belief i mean she like dude lauren murphy is a dog it's just that tough and durable and gritty is simply not enough to beat valentina shevchenko valentina's got valentina is also tough and gritty you just don't often get to find that out because her technique is so superior to most of the competitors she's in there with that you never get a chance to see her heart get tested i mean but when she did get taken down in that second round against jennifer maya i mean went out there and handled the next uh few rounds so i think that their match and grittiness and heart and toughness 
but the skill gap is so massive that this is going to have to be a Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan fluke. This is going to have to be a Vitor versus Randy Couture fluke. You remember the eyelid cut? And then Randy goes back and wins the next fight easily. Like I know y'all old school fans remember. It's going to have to be that kind of fluke for Lauren to win this fight. So give me Valentina. I guess the big question is inside the distance or by decision. Well, Lauren's never been finished, but there's always a first for everything. So that's the big debate. Valentina is obviously the pick, though. All right. Main event of the evening. In the featherweight division, we got the champ, Alexander Volkanovsky. He's 22-1. and one. He's taking on the number one contender, our number two contender, because, uh, you know, my boy T. Uh, my boy Blessed Holloway is in there, too. Current, um, Brian Ortega is 15-1. And, and currently, they got Alexander Volkanovsky, minus 175. The comeback on Brian Ortega is plus 150. So, this is another interesting fight for a lot of reasons. And let's just bring up all the tape says that Alexander Volkanovsky is going to win. All the stats say that Alexander Volkanovsky is going to win. All the logic says that Alexander Volkanovsky is going to win. But my friends, MMA is not a logical sport. So that's where I kind of, you know, toe the line. And I kind of think about times such as when Max Holloway dropped Volkanovsky in that last fight and that, that, I'm not discrediting either man only thing I'm saying by that is that Volkanovsky can be hurt in fights Ortega can hurt people in fights you bring up the Chad Mendes fight you gotta admire the grit and the tenacity and the heart of Volkanovsky to overcome that but he was hurt in that fight one thing about T-City is if he hurts you most likely than not more often than not he will finish you and let me take it a step further and kind of maybe debunk a myth. The whole thing that Ortega is a finish-oriented fighter. Now, does he have more finishes than non-finishes? 100%. I mean, I can't debate facts. It is what it is. But but to sit here and truly look me in the eye with a straight face and say that he can't win fights by decision, that he can't throw a lot of volume, that's also categorically false. I mean, in the Hinato Moicano fight, I mean... Brian Ortega attempted over 220 strikes in that fight. In the Max Holloway fight, although he lost that fight, Ortega threw damn near 300 strikes. In the Korean Zombie fight, Ortega landed 127 and threw 212. So the whole thing that Ortega can't throw volume is complete bullshit. The only thing is that now he's dealing with one of the volume kings of the featherweight division he's dealing well the king of the featherweight division he's dealing with a guy in volk who is such a smart fighter and it's tough to pick against him until he actually loses a fight right and another thing about volk i've said this many times i think he has the best fainting game in maybe all of mma i mean the way he's got guys confused the way he shut down jose aldo in brazil i mean was truly something to behold and he's got that championship heart. The way he made those adjustments in that second Max Holloway fight. Now, granted, a lot of y'all thought he lost that fight. I cashed a max bet on Volk in that fight. And, man, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a sweat. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't thanking the judges. But bottom line is, first two rounds for Max, fourth and fifth for Volk. How do you score the third, right? I think it was one of those situations. But 
again, regardless of how you scored that fight, it was still an admirable and gritty performance. So I think this is going to be a dogfight, honestly, man. Um, I'm not counting out Ortega because, like I said, look, the logic says that Volk wins this fight, but MMA is not a logical sport, and there are those misconceptions about the kind of volume that Ortega is capable of throwing. I named three examples where he attempted over 200 strikes, right? And landed over 100 strikes in two of those fights. So I think he's got it in him. And I don't think it's fair to bring up the Ortega and Max Holloway fight because not only was that in 2018 and we're almost in 2022, but also I felt like I saw a new man against Korean Zombie. Now, yeah, Korean Zombie's a top five guy and Volkanovski's a champion. So there's a difference in caliber. You won't get an argument from me there. But I, I saw massive and major improvements. People were saying this guy can't win five-round decisions. Well, he just did. And again, I named three other examples where he threw some serious volume that could potentially keep up with Volk. And then you can't write off the possibility of him hurting Volk along the way. So while I say I'm going to pick Volk, the logical pick is Volk, I'm worried because MMA is not a logical sport. So... You know, maybe maybe you have some more take on some of these lineups. You want to pay up for Semmelsberger? You want to pay up for uh, what, what was that other big favorite? That was that was a lock. I'm not talking about Valentina because who knows? Oh, Marab. If Marab comes out here, scores 12 to 15 takedowns, you already know he's on that optimal lineup. Or you hit up my boys at Prize Pick and at Prize Picks, use that code Battle, and you know maybe you project the over, the under, and the Volk fight. I mean, it was like 22 minutes or so. You guys think it's going under? You think someone's getting a finish? Hit that under. You think it's it's going to be a five-round war? Hit that over and mix it up with something else on the card or something in football, something in baseball. Use the link below. Use the code BATTLE for prize picks. Pretty fucking amazing. So my pick is Volk, but it's not the most confident pick in the world. So let's see what happens. I'm very excited about it. So we'll do a little fan Q&A. We'll do a fight to watch, fighter to watch. Um, last minute chance if anyone wants to hop in here with me nasty nate if you're uh in here my boy matt if you're in here send me a little dm uh wherever uh twitter facebook whatever but you got to do it now if anyone's interested in hopping in here with me asking me a few questions in person if not ask me the questions in the chat um all right so i'm gonna do fight to watch and fighter to watch after that i'm gonna answer the questions and after that i'm gonna get out of here and just wanted to let you all know it's been an absolute pleasure being here with y'all talking again it's great to be back so the fight to watch for ufc 266 besides the main event i mean listen i gotta go with jalen turner versus Yurosh medich i have a hard time seeing this being a boring fight i mean Yurosh medich all his wins are by finish jalen turner's really putting it together very talented individual and i think these guys are coming out here for blood i think that someone's head might get sent into the fifth row and for that reason ladies and gentlemen Yurosh medich versus jalen turner is my fight to watch now my fighter to watch my fighter to watch is nazrat hakparas man i mean this is a guy that's fighting with a heavy heart this is a guy who just lost his mother and I can just tell you firsthand, my biggest fear in life is losing a parent, man. And to all you guys that have been through that, my heart's out for you. My heart's with you. And it's just, you know, you're so strong to overcome something like that. And that's just like my biggest fear in life. So the fact that 
I mean, none of us would have held it against him if he just decided to take a year off to dwell on this. And but the fact that this guy worked so hard, I mean, he was training in California at King's MMA. Then he flies all the way to Germany for his mom's funeral. Then they start giving him some visa issues. He makes the flight. You guys know that flight is no fucking joke. He's dealing with massive jet lag. He makes weight. He seems enthusiastic throughout the whole process. And now he's got the biggest fight of his career ahead of him against Dan Hooker, who's such a respectable top 10 guy in the lightweight division. So Nazareth Hackbrass is my fighter to watch. Let's see what he does with this opportunity. All right, guys. So now it's time to uh, ask me some questions. If not, I'm going to get out of here. Let me see if anyone DM me. Uh, hold on one second. My boy, Matt Drucker, DM me. All right, let's see what you got to say. You got you to make it worth my time, my man, if you're going to come in here with me. Um, have your question ready to go. If any other fans want to hop in here with me, you let me know real quick. So I'm about to send them this link real quick. And let's see what, let's see what you got to say. Let's see what you got for me. All right, I just sent him the link. Let me, I'm going to send my boy Nasty Nate the link, too, see if he wants to hop on, too. See what he's up to. I'm going to send my boy Robert Hill the link, too, just in case. Everybody doing good, though? Yeah? All right, let me see what some of these questions are. So we got... Does Val versus Lauren start the fourth round? Good question. I mean, most of Valentina's fights do go to the, do go to the distance. Lauren's never been finished, but there's always a first for everything. So, I mean, I can't give you a confident answer on that, unfortunately. Um, Mystic says, do I have an IG? I do have a, a, a private IG, just like for my friends and family. I'll tell you, it's DFL on drums. MMA Gurley says, YouTube has a DM feature. Uh, no, but I think um, you could just message me on on Twitter. Um, slide into my DMs at Best Fight Picks. You know what? I'll post the link in the chat here. How about that? So here's the link in the chat. So one of y'all want to join? That's the link right there. Um, you know, don't embarrass yourself. Ask me something good. Um, but I only got like five minutes left in me. So if you're gonna do it, make it happen quick. All right, let me see what else y'all got. Okay, looks like Matt showed up. What's up, young man? How's it going? Not bad. How are you? I'm doing fucking fantastic. Thanks for asking. I enjoyed the show. Yeah, did you? I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you said last week, one of the best shows you've ever done. Thank you so much. I agree. Um, not, not trying to be cocky, but I just agree, just because it felt like. You know, I, I was expecting to go out there and struggle, and then it ended up being like an hour and 40 minutes, and I felt like I got a lot off my chest. So everybody listening, if y'all didn't hear that last episode, go listen to the first 15 minutes. Fuck the fight breakdowns. Go listen to the first 15 minutes. Had a lot to say. So, yeah, man, I appreciate you. Where, where, where are you from, man? Um, I'm from Jersey, but I'm right now I'm in school in Philly. Oh, yeah? What you studying? Um, I'm in a physical therapy doctor program. Okay, good for you, man. Good yeah. for you. How yeah. old are you? I'm 19. God damn. Okay, we got the young ones in here. But hey, you're still old enough to bet, so yeah. I can't I can't give you no shit. That's what's up, man. It's good yeah, to hear. Yeah. 
It's good All to right. have you here. One question. One question. Okay. What's up? I haven't heard from your boy, Lewis Taylor. What's going on with him? Oh, my boy put the guns down Taylor? Yeah. You Did play he just war- take that one mil in like a like uh, highway <laughs> robbery? Do you do you play Warzone at all? Uh no, 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 no. Okay, you can catch him on on there. I mean, I think he Listen, my boy made some really good investments. He won the million dollars. And actually, the guy that he beat, Abus um, Magomedov, he's actually fighting Gerald yeah. Mershart in the UFC. That bad as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, one, he's, uh, he's training Bilal right now, right? That's his ex- thing? Exactly. So he's training Bilal. He's training uh, Ignacio Bahamondes. Um, they got this other kid named Horacio Gutierrez who was in the UFC, but he wasn't quite ready at the time. But they feel like now he, he's he's ready to go, and they're trying to get him in here um, at some point sooner than later. So he's just basically training a stable of killers up in Chicago. And, you know, I think in his heart he wants to have, like, one retirement fight. He was actually supposed to go to Russia and fight Alexander Shlomenko, the, uh, the former uh, Bellator champion. Um, but then, like, COVID happened, so he wasn't able to do that. But, yeah, Lewis Taylor, really, really cool dude. Happy for all he's accomplished, and I hope to, I hope that he keeps doing big things. That much I will tell you. I mean, he ended it with a fucking bang. Exactly, yeah. I mean. A KO, put him out cold. One of the best KOs of, what was that, 2019? Yeah, I mean, y'all got to go out there and check out uh, Lewis Taylor versus Abus Magomedov. Um, that was serious ass ko and uh you know got a nice little million dollar reward in what 30 seconds so yeah yeah it was and awesome the only middleweight pfl champion as well only you know what's funny is they uh th- so they got rid of the middleweight division and then he was thinking about dropping to 70 which i think is like crazy he's a big boy he's huge um, i can't say the reason they did, they didn't let him fight at it but there was like some bullshit reason that went down and nothing, nothing to do with like drug testing or nothing. It wasn't like that. It was just like literally some athletic commission bullshit. You know how those people are. They don't know shit about anything. So, yeah, it was one of those things, man. But, Matt, I appreciate you, bro. You got anything else for me? Uh, no, just thanks for thanks for coming back. It was like you got you guys were you and Shaq were part of my weekly schedule before every fight weekend. Uh, I missed you guys for a couple weeks. So it's good to have you back. I really appreciate that, man. Thanks for the support and best of luck in, in school. Yep. Make sure you make sure you keep studying. Make it all the way to the end and get your degree, bro. For real. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You'll never regret having a degree. I'll stick on I'll always be in the, the fucking live chats and following on Twitter and shit. I appreciate that, my man. You have a good one, buddy. You too. Yes, sir. It's my boy Matt. Cool kid. Respect him a lot. If any of the other fans want to join me. Now's the time. I posted the link in this chat. I'll post it one more time. Uh, d- oh, shit. I think I actually posted the wrong link. So hold on. Give me a second. Here we go. I posted the link to watch this video, but here's the link to enter. Okay. Click this link that I just posted now. That'll let you join the chat with me. And I'm going to be here for another couple minutes. Anyone wants to hop on with me, now's your chance. If not, I'm going to head out of here. Um, uh, uh, my boy Daniel Edwards brought up something hilarious. He said, last week I really enjoyed the Montel Jackson stuff. Him not going for the finish last week made it even funnier. Uh, like I said, man, I mean, it, you know, I was trying to get the fans to go back that didn't listen to last week's episode and just listen to the first 15 minutes where I explained everything that's been going on. But now, um, now that you bring that up, thanks for reminding me. Go back and listen to the... Montel Jackson breakdown like you have to like that's 
Like, because, you know, Montel Jackson, for those that don't know, he told me not to talk about him. So I addressed that whole uh, situation and I think I addressed it properly. So, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. Thanks for reminding me. All right. Oh, my boy, Nasty Nate's driving to the gym. What, you can't drive and talk, my man? <laughs> hey, he says, my boy, Nate says, my boy, Daniel speaks the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I know, even when it hurts to hear. Even when it hurts to hear, you know what I'm saying? And that's why we're such, you know, that's why we're we're brothers, Nate, because you know that I ain't about to bullshit you about nothing, you know? Um, we know we got a tough fight ahead of us, but we also know you're fully capable of beating this guy. So it's about, you know, you've had 20 professional fights to get to this moment, and now it's time to show all the lessons you've learned on one night, and I'm excited for that. All right, so let me see if there's anything else. If not... Then I'm gonna dip out. But I truly appreciate y'all as always. And uh yeah. All right. So again, anyone that just got here, questions about Shaq, go back to the beginning of the show. But before you do that, go with Shaq a happy birthday. Questions about some other stuff, go to the last episode, listen to the first 15 minutes. Um Someone just asked me, Matt just asked me, is Montel still my top 35 prospect or is there another prospect with a higher ceiling? Um, no, he's not my top prospect because, I mean, you know, for the reasons I mentioned, he's very talented though. Um, and uh, I can't think of another one off the top of my head. Right now. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Is that uh, PFL's newest <laughs> signing? Nasty Nate Williams in the house. What's up, my guy? Hey, what's up, brother? What's going I'm on? Chilling, my man. Fans. What's going yes, on? Sir. Oh man, we're chilling, man. It's good to have you here. For those that don't know, this nasty Nate Williams just recently signed with the PFL, about to fight UFC vet Don Madge. And Don Madge went two and zero in the UFC. He knocked out Tay Edwards. He won a decision against Ferez Yam. And then he had a bunch of fights get canceled. There were some visa issues, the whole ordeal. So they ended up parting ways. Don Madge gets signed to the PFL. Now he's uh fighting my brother uh nasty Nate Williams. So it's exciting to see you get this opportunity. Are, are you frozen, Nate? I, I think you might have froze. Hey, I'm going to do a little um oh uh, man. Here, why, why don't you, you exit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you should exit and come right back in because I want to ask you a couple questions about this Don Madge uh fight real quick if you got some time my man but we got to get this connection right if the connection ain't right we could do it another time so i'm i'm gonna remove you real quick but then come right back in all right what up move, move around a little bit okay so we'll see if nate comes back in if not my boy's fighting don match huge fight um mma girly asked me is that a home studio regardless it looks nice i truly appreciate that it is a home studio my brother and i uh built it together you know my brother's actually got another he's got a podcast too um it's not about fighting though it's about um music studio recording nasty nate what's up my man is it better now yeah it's better now yeah yes sir it's my boy right here pfl fighter firefighter father husband just a great dude so i mean Dude, it's time to put all those years of work into one night. I, I mean, you excited about? I know you're excited about this. Like, what does this mean to you to have this opportunity? Uh man, I feel like it's about time. Um, just you know, 
we've been grinding. We've been, man, at this uh, maybe nine years in November. So just nine years in the game. I've been a pro for seven. Um, just putting the work in. You know, like like you've mentioned before, especially about me and my brother Robert, we always don't always listen to the advice at times and go out here and, you know, um, we can we can be anybody, but a lot of times it's about taking the right fights at the right time. And sometimes, we, you know, my ego gets, gets the best of me. And I take the the uh, the wrong fights at the I take the right fights at the wrong time, and you know it cost a little bit for it, but just last few times putting everything together, man, and you know, and we and we here, and I'm excited, and I'm excited to show the world what we can do. The Southeast already knows, the people in Georgia especially already know, but just ready to show the world what it's about, what we about. Yes, sir. I mean, this this is your opportunity, man. I mean, it's almost like the past doesn't even matter because you can change your life in one night, in one moment. That's literally all it is. It's like it don't matter what happened in this fight or that fight. Like none, none of that shit even matters. I mean, it is almost like a fresh start. And just to give a little background info, Nate was supposed to fight last week. And against a guy in Chuka Willis who has been in there with Sodiq Youssef, who has been in there with Hakeem Duwadu, and homeboy didn't show up to the weigh-ins, man. And the fight got canceled day of. I mean, that's devastating. You cut all that weight. I mean, for those that don't know, Nate is five foot eleven with a seventy-four inch reach. He's not a small guy for featherweight or lightweight. So for him to make that cut and sacrifice, and then to get the rug pulled out from under him at the eleventh hour. I mean, it's got to be devastating, but there was a silver lining. There was a blessing in disguise. And shortly after, you received the news that not only are you signed to the PFL, not only do you get the chance to fight, you know, an undefeated guy in the UFC, Don Madge. Um, I mean, he didn't get cut because he was on some skiddy. You know, it was more of like, a, you know, a visa type thing. Um, you beat this guy, all of a sudden, not only are you on the map to another level, but then you get that chance to potentially fight in the million-dollar tournament and truly change your life. Yeah, man. Um, I'm excited. Like I said, it's crazy how stuff happens. I, for some reason, all week uh, leading up to the fight, the, the Athletic Commission and Dave Oblast, they I, they kind of prepped me and was like, hey, um, he's working out some stuff. He just got deployed to the military. He's working out some stuff. But he should be good to go for the fight. And I was like, okay. And then they came back and was like, the next day they was like, okay, he's gonna be, he's still good for the fight, but he's gonna do a video weigh in. And I'm like, all right, cool. But then in the back of my mind, something was like, just be prepared for 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 the bullshit. Just just be prepared for the bullshit. So when it when the bullshit actually happened, I wasn't really upset because my mind had been preparing for it all week. Like something in the back of my mind, had prepared for it all week. So I mean, I was optimistic, anyway. And literally, the fight, like I said, it was a special time for the fight, special day for the fight. So the fight was on Sunday, and literally Monday, I was getting my hair done at the, <laughs> getting my hair retwisted, and I got the call, and I was like, oh man, what well, what a quick turnaround! Not even within 24 hours of finding out uh, shitty news, you get, <laughs> like you said, life changing news. So I mean, man, it it, it it's amazing. It's amazing just the way everything happened just came fell right right together. And, I mean, what's cool about this is, and firstly, David said Nate is a warrior. He's got that samurai spirit. So shout out to David. Shout out to you, um, Dave. Yes, sir. So w- what's cool about this is that 
you could almost view this like your UFC debut. I mean, you're fighting a guy that's undefeated in the UFC, so it's already at that level. And, you know, not to give any specifics, but you're being compensated as if it was a UFC fight. So when, so that right there, I mean, motivation's got to be at an all-time high. Yeah, like I said, man, um, we, 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 it's a transitional period with the family. So we moved in uh, with the parents for a little bit to stay, save some money. And then you get news like this that, <laughs> like you said, pay, pay is comparable to the UFC. I mean, now I can go from one fight being able to put a down payment on the house and move my family and buy, and buy us a house. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely motivating. I mean, and I had always been telling my wife for the last couple months, like, hey, I'm going to buy us a house, man. I'm going I'm to make sure that we, I do what I need to do to get us this crib. And I mean, you know, like I said, I'm a firefighter and doing these type of things. So it's not like I'm out here just a hobo in these streets, but you know, um, I'm, I'm grinding. And now to be able to literally buy a house with my hands, like it, it's, it's an unexplainable feeling. And, and to be able to tell my parents, I told you so. Like, don't think my parents have never believed in me or they don't support my dream or that. But I mean, you know, you, you telling your parent, Hey, I'm, I'm gonna make it to fight on TV. And they like, okay cool but just make sure you keep your day job <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> so and then to finally tell him hey i told you so like i'm about to fight on tv not just tv i'm about to fight on i mean you know it's the app espn plus but it's still i'm about to fight on espn you know what i'm saying it's big names fighting at night they're, they're doing the finals of the million dollar tournament carissa shield is what the co-main event main event i mean co-main event like that fight is this card is huge man i don't know i'm probably losing service again Oh my boy, hell, jumping in. Okay, but this fight is huge, man. This fight is huge, and I'm excited to just go out here and show, show the talent, show that people think X3 is a small gym. X3 is not a small gym. We're not a small gym. We have five locations. We've had guys in the big show before. My boy Clint Hester went four and on the UFC before he turned around and you know had a three uh, zero and three skid, but he was four and on the UFC. Uh, People don't remember that, so. You know, and then we had Mike Graves that that, that was in the UFC um, before he went down to American Top Team. So we put, and by before that, Byron Blutworth. You know what I'm saying? People don't even remember Byron Blutworth was in the UFC. So we put guys in there, high-level guys. We, we've had them before and have been on the big stage. So my boy Robert Hales fought on the PFL. You know what I'm saying? So we've all, always put guys in high-level spots. It's just, you know, we just buy for our time. And once again, we're here. Yeah, my boy King Hale just joined the house. Oh, and he just left too. I think he was dealing with some connections issues. But to, to your point, man, I mean, Clint Hester, not only did he go 4-0 in the UFC, but he also had a fight of the night with Robert Whitaker. Mike Graves beat Vicente Luque and Randy Brown. He even beat our boy Jared, who trained at X3 for a little bit uh, on, on right. the regional scene too. So, right, right. I mean, X3 has produced some good fighters, and it's just a matter of getting that opportunity. And now is that opportunity. So, Nate, my hat's off to you, my brother. Um, you know, I'm proud of you, man. And just, you know, do your thing, man. Don't worry about what nobody's saying about nothing. Because, um, you know, you're going to be an underdog in this fight. You're going to be counted out. Um, Don Madge is the name. Don Madge is the the prospect, all that shit. But none of that matters. All that matters is those 15 minutes or less inside that cage. And you're one of the most well-rounded individuals I know. It's just about putting it together on fight night. You do that, and I got no doubts in my mind that we're going to see some great things. Hey, I guarantee you, man, if you're a betting man, my people out there have to battle, I have to battle fans. If you are a betting man, 
a betting woman, betting person, put your money down. I guarantee you we'll make some bank that night. Put your money down. You will not be disappointed. If you've seen the highlight videos that my boy Daniel created, if you've seen, if you just Google me and you didn't get me mixed up with uh, Teddy Bear, my boy Teddy Bear out in Iowa, <laughs> and you've seen the videos, man, I'm, I don't I don't put on boring fights. I don't come out here and throw one punch at a time. I'm throwing combinations. I'm switching stances. I'm mixing in wrestling. I got a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And I believe in, I don't believe in the fill-out process. I believe in coming out here and letting leather fly off the bell. So it's going to be exciting. And I'm just about to show the world that, man, it's time. I'm getting I'm getting really good training in with Real Brooks, cross-training. You know I'll be training with my brother Robert Hale, but I'm over there at ATT Lima uh, three, four days a week, and I'm getting one-on-one -on -one with Will Brooks. Matter of fact, Douglas is in camp right now. He's getting ready to leave next week. Uh, getting ready to fight Michael Venom Page. So, man, it's uh, and Cody's in camp right now. Cody's got a fight, big fight coming up uh, in the UFC in November. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, Lindsey Jones is over there. He's in camp. He fights next week, uh, in two weeks, I want to say. So, it's uh, it's ramping up over there, man. Um, we got some good things going over there. We got some good things going to X3. My boy Robert Hill fights October 23rd. Uh, Dan Stigeon, I've, I've said his name right. If I didn't, who cares? He can't do nothing about yeah. it anyway. That's the guy uh, that Wonder Boy knocked out in his UFC <laughs> debut. So that's going to yeah. be huge for, for Robert to get that. And uh, before I let you go, I got to get some fight predictions, man. Just okay. off, the, off the rip. Volkanovski or Ortega? For some reason, I got Ortega, man. Uh, Volk, I mean, Max Holloway is the uncrowned champ anyway. So he didn't, Volk didn't walk out of that uh, that rematch with the belt. I mean, he did, but he, he didn't. And he knows that. But for some reason, man, Ortega, Ortega's putting together his last fight. He showed his uh, arsenal on the feet with um, with uh, versus the the Korean Zombie. He showed that he's not just a uh, he's not just Triangle City, but he can he can he can lay some hands on you too. I think uh, Ortega's the underdog. I think he's gonna come out here. I actually got him like third round submission. I think he's gonna okay. catch Volk, catch Volk. Uh, Ortega's got nasty jujitsu, man. I think he's gonna catch Volk uh, in an uncompromising position and get him up out of there. Third round submission. You heard it here first. Shevchenko versus Murphy. I mean, you don't gotta say. Just, just, just name who you're picking. That's it. Shevchenko. Okay. Uh, Nick, Diaz, Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler. Oh, Diaz. By decision, though. But Diaz. Okay. Curtis Blades and Rosenstrike. Oh, my boy Blades. As long as he don't get caught, and the only person to ever catch him is if you're not named Francis Ngannou. So Curtis Blades about to come in. Black here Beast. Yeah, and Black Beast. Yeah, Curtis Blaze about to come out here and just put on a a, a wrestling display, grind a pound, and get Rose Strike up out of here. Um, Marlon Marais versus Marab Dwalish Wheelie. Dwalish Wheelie got a, a gas tank from the gods, so <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna run circles around him. Mar Marlon tends to break when things get tough. He uh, he doesn't always like to be in there when he can't start your guy. So Dwalish Wheelie is gonna put that put that a uh, pace on him. And he's 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 just going uh we're getting up out of there. I see a finish and, coming there too. And last but not least, Dan Hooker versus Nazrat Hackbrast. Nazrat striking is clean, it's Chris, it's uh Nazrat is a he's 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 a good he's a good technician when it comes to the feet, but you, you, you can't never sleep on Hooker, man. Um you sleep on Hooker and then you're gonna be out of some money. So yeah. I gotta go with Dan Hooker <laughs> on this one. He's got some nasty knees and yeah. When, when when Hooker's on his game, it looks beautiful out there. It's just, yeah, I'm worried about the amount of damage he's taking. So let's see. That fight versus him and Poirier was was a was an instant classic, man. Um, true, it just showed was. the dogs in both of them. 
But yes. yeah, Hooker was the way he, Hooker was sliding those sneaking those knees in there in the, in the, in the tie clinch, man. It that's that's dangerous how he did it so effortless effortlessly. So um, I, I see Hooker catching him with something big, getting him out of there. Yes, sir. Well, Nate, before I let you go, gotta let the fans know uh, where to follow you. I believe what Nate Williams MMA on Twitter. Uh, yeah, Nate Williams MMA on Twitter. Nasty Nate underscore MMA on uh, Instagram and Nathan Samuel Williams on Facebook. I put my whole government out there. I'm, I work for the government, so I might as well put my whole government out there, right? Uh, but yeah, follow me. Uh, I follow back. My Twitter is kind of lopsided with with uh, followers, and but I just you know started ramping that up. Shout out to you for telling me to get that right. My name should be Stone My Shawty, and he was like, "Hey, nah, man, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get you right. <laughs> we gotta get you, get you out here looking, looking professional." So shout out to you, man, for for always just being that that voice in my ear, getting me right, let me let me know what I need to do to make sure I'm out here on the same playing field as as, as these uh other other guys, man. So you, my boy, man, I love you, bro. Love you too, bro. I mean, it's all about just staying consistent, interacting with the fans, posting content. And the rest will take care of itself. And for everyone that missed it, Nate Williams is taking on Don Madge October 27th in PFL. So, Nate, you know we're rooting for you all day, my man. Best of luck. And uh, I hope you have a very healthy and safe training camp, brother. All right, brother. Take care. Yes, sir. You as well. We'll speak soon. That's my boy, Nasty Nate Williams. Fantastic individual. So, uh it's funny, my boy Robert Hill stopped in, but I think his connection sucks, so he left. All right, last chance. Anybody else want to hop in here with me? If not, I'm going to wrap this thing up. So I'm going to go ahead and just mention my sponsors, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code BATTLE20 for 20% off and free shipping on anything. Manscaped.com. Prize picks. Use the code BATTLE uh, to get an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars both links are in the description make sure you all subscribe to half the battle on itunes soundcloud youtube stitcher spotify all the places where we are available i'll be back for the next card if you got any questions about my future and this and that listen to the first 15 minutes of the last show if you got questions about the shack thing listen to um the first 15 minutes of this show all the questions get answered um that's pretty much what i got uh, she's wondering what my bro's music page is. Um, I think my bro's podcast is called Unstoppable Recording Machine. So check him out. He's uh, like in the music industry. He's a bad motherfucker. And we built this studio together. So shout out to my brother, my big bro. Thank you guys so much. Follow me on Twitter, Best Fight Picks, at Half the Battle HQ. I truly appreciate everybody's support. Make sure you all subscribe everywhere. Half the Battle is available. Truly, truly appreciate everybody. Thank you so much for sticking with me. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.